right? Mm-hmm. And so when we march in the streets and grapple for control in our, whether it's in our kitchen or in <laughs> our workplace or wherever it is, when we're vying for control, it's not turning us into someone lovely. It's really holding us back from who, who we actually want to be. Hey, hey there, friends. Today's episode is so good. I cannot wait for you to hear it because the truth is, if you've struggled with the way your body looks and trying to fix it, you may also be struggling with control. So you're going to love today's episode. But before we dig into my interview with Shannon Popkin, there's a couple things I need you to know about. Thing one, the Patreon sponsorship page is open now. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to support the show. And let me tell you why this is important. So I have quit my day job, friends. I have used my day job for years to support this ministry. And I felt like this was the year God was asking me to step out in faith and go all in with compared to who, which means I need your support for this show. So there's a couple different levels on that Patreon page. And if you only want to support us one time, like make a one-time gift, you can do that on Patreon. You can also do that on Buy Me a Coffee. And you guys, any amount is good. It does cost money to put this show together and to get it to you twice a week. So your support is greatly appreciated. And this Patreon community, I really want to be a place where I can serve you, where we can connect in community once a month. Our first Patreon community meeting, there's a date on the calendar already, March 11th. It's a Friday. And so if you want to be part of that, go to Patreon, find the Compared to Who page, or go to Compared to Who dot me slash podcast scroll to the very bottom there you'll find the patreon and the buy me a coffee links and get involved your support is so appreciated the other way i support this show and it's important for you to know is coaching is now open again yay 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 so if you've been feeling like i could use some personal support Drop me a message, sign up for a free 10-minute consult on compareto.me slash coaching. Uh, Get the help you need. This issue is worth your time and investment. And if this show has been a blessing to you, now friends, like I would just do coaching for free all the time. And I try to do as much coaching as I can through the show. Okay, that's my heart. But if you need extra support, and we all need extra (laughs) <laughs> a lot of the time. I know I do. But if you're just ready to take that next next step, if you're feeling like I know God can help me make progress in my body image issues this year, 2022 is the year I'm going to find freedom, then I want you to grab a coaching session. I don't have that many sessions available each week, but grab one so we can start working together. Okay, those are all my announcements for today. I can't wait to see what God does in your life this year. Enjoy nation. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you make peace with your body so you can savor God's rest and feel his love. If you're tired of fighting body image the world's way, Compare to Who is the show for you. You've likely heard lots of talk about loving your body, but my goal is different. Striving to fall in love with stretch marks and cellulite is a little silly to me. Instead, I want to encourage you and remind you with the truth of scripture that you are seen, you are known, and you are loved no matter what your size or shape. Here, the pressure is off. 
If you're looking for real talk, biblical encouragement, and regular reminders that God loves you and you're not alone, you've come to the right place. I hope you enjoy today's show, and hey, tell a friend about it. Today, I am so excited to talk about control. Yeah, that sounds strange, doesn't it? (laughs) But my guest today is Shannon Popkin. Let me tell you a little bit about Shannon. Shannon, from the platform page, podcast Mike, Shannon invites you to open your Bible, drink deeply of God's story, and live like it's true. Shannon's from West Michigan. She's happy to be sharing life with Ken, who makes her laugh every day. Together, they have the joy of watching their three young adult children become the amazing people God created them to be. And they also have two adorable little Shih Tzus, who, unlike the kids, have no plans of moving out, (laughs) which is awesome. Shannon's written a bunch of books. Comparison Girl, which I have talked to you about before. Was that in 2020? 2020 is kind of a blur, but I think so. go back um, after today's interview, go back and listen to the interview I did with Shannon in 2020 about Comparison Girl. I think you're really going to like that book. Today, we're going to talk about her book, Control Girl. There's my copy right here. Um, But she's also written a book called Influence, and she hosts the Live Like It's True podcast. She's been featured on Family Life Today, Revive Our Hearts, Proverbs 31, all the places. Shannon, thanks for being with us today. Hey, it's so great to be back with you, Heather. So I have... um, I I had a strange task ahead of me this spring. Okay. So I've been working on a theory. I am like the most unlikely person to like be a scientist in the world, (laughs) but I love theories and I love research and I love to figure things out. Mm -hmm. And so over the course of my coaching, I've been coaching them for about three years now, over the course of my coaching, I'm starting to see patterns Mm -hmm. and I know just enough about science to know that when you start to see the same pattern over and over and over again, you might be onto something. And one of the things I'm seeing over and over and over again, as I coach clients and really as I interact with people on social media and, you know, through a blog and through this podcast, the issue of control is always there when we get stuck in body image issues. And so I invited Shannon on today to just kind of help us get a grip on control. What do we mean by controlling? Because I honestly, like most of us don't even know we're controllers, right? Like it's so (laughs) natural. Like it's just the way we operate that to stop and think about it as, oh, that might be a little controlling. Like that, that might be a big news flash today, but a lot of us maybe understand that sometimes we are a little too invested. I'll use that word. And then we should be in things. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's where we're going today. I am glad that you are listening today and I'm glad that Shannon's here to help me break it all down. So Shannon, ugh. Talk to me. Why, why did you write a book on control? I mean, someone, you have to have some experience with control to write a book on control. So, oh yeah. Where are you coming from? I got all the experience, but you know, control girl was my first book. And I often say it was not marketing genius to write my first book about something that people are going to go, (laughs) when they introduce the topic, like you just did, like nobody really wants to claim control as their problem, right? right? We don't want to, I, let me put it this way. I've never been in a Bible study group where somebody said, would you please pray for me? Cause I'm really controlling. Right. That's, 
we don't we do not claim the problem it's somebody else's problem it is not our problem and um i have so control girl came out in 2017 and since that point I have my Google alerts set to send me an alert every time that in the media, it says controlling woman. Mm-hmm. So I get these alerts every, you know, every once in a while. And here's the weird thing about it. I don't think there has ever, maybe, maybe one, some rare exception somewhere, but consistently when I get those Google alerts, it's about um, a controlling woman who's in a movie mm-hmm. or a play mm-hmm. or a book. It's never um, about a real live woman, right. probably because there would be lawsuits or something Right. <laughs> if right. someone called someone else a controlling woman, but it is not a label that we put on ourselves or on anybody publicly. It's just like this word that we want to back away from. Right. But I think that our enemy uses that to his advantage because it's just this problem that if we give full vent to our desire for control it's turning us into the exact opposite of what God wants for us to be like God's design for us to be is, is to be like Jesus. And Jesus was the opposite of controlling. Jesus gave up control. Jesus surrendered. Like remember in the garden when he said, um, not my will, but yours be done. So, so if we want to be like Jesus, control is going to hold us back. So we got to talk about it. I'm really glad we get to do that today. Yeah. Well, and to just what you said, right? Like Philippians, like he emptied himself. Like Jesus could have shown up on earth. Like I am boss. I am King. Here's (laughs) how we're going to shape stuff up. Get in line. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. And that's not what he did. Now, the second time he comes back, that's going to be a different story, (laughs) but, but you know, so, so I think that's a, that's a wonderful reminder to remember his example. But then I also, as you were talking, I was thinking about the term bossy, right? Because bossy, there's all these memes. I don't know. It's been seven, eight years. You know, you don't say bossy it's leadership skills. Right. And like (laughs) bossy was like an anti-feminist sentiment. Like men aren't bossy, only women are bossy. And so that's why like, it's unfair that we wear that label and stuff like that. And I mean, I see some threads of truth in all of that, but I just wonder to what extent that whole thing has allowed us to hide our controlling tendencies even Mm. more, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you mentioned feminism and feminism is all about taking control, right? Mm. And so we live in a, in a time and an era where women celebrate having control. They celebrate, like they see control as actually freedom, but I've experienced exactly the opposite. You know, Mm. I've experienced that the more that I hold on to control and dig my heels in and clamp my fingers tighter on what, what my ideals are, the more bondage there is in my own heart and in my own relationships. So, um, I mean, I'm not going to say I, like, I love it that I get to vote <laughs> and that right. I have freedoms. And I mean, like, I think God intended for all of us to be free and I'm all about fighting for that. But, um, there are some, some parts of our culture you know, when we see women marching in the streets and they're angry and they're demanding and they're forceful, there's something about that, that I'm like, "Mm, that does not really mesh with the Jesus who emptied himself Mm -hmm. and lifted others up and who gave God control of the ultimate outcome. So I, we, as women, we got to sort out, okay, I want to be a woman who um, celebrates freedom. Absolutely. But not in the form where it's going to turn me into someone who does not even remotely resemble Jesus. Right. Well, and we wouldn't want men like that either. 
right? Oh, like yeah, how, no. <laughs> how yicky. I mean, but we all need to look more like Jesus. We all need to humble ourselves in the same way. Go ahead. Yeah, we do. If you look at Genesis three, oh, yeah. we have a woman who is reaching for the fruit and taking, I call her the first control girl. Mm-hmm. You know, she's taking control for her family. You know, the, the tree represented surrendering to God. Mm-hmm. You know, they had full freedom except for this one restriction. And the woman's like, no, I want to take control. I want to know what's good for me and what's bad for me. So she takes the fruit and then, but beside her is a passive man mm-hmm. who was first given the instructions about right. the tree, you know, so God gave Adam the, the spiritual instructions for the family. Like this tree is off limits for your family. He gave them to Adam before Eve was even formed. So it was his job to pass those on to her and to guard her, to protect her. And he's passive. Mm -hmm. And so as women take control and men just passively let them have it Mm -hmm. in marriage, I'm talking about Mm -hmm. um, as wives take control and, and husbands passively let their wives take control and take like control for the family. We're just playing out the fall, not God's original intention. And so it makes sense that our enemy would want to produce a culture that is exactly the opposite of what God set up. I'm glad you said that because I agree 100%. And I think the dynamic that started at the beginning yeah. of our, yeah. our humanity is totally alive and well today. And I mean, it's, it's a conversation that I've had personally over and over and over again mm-hmm. with women where they're like, I just can't get my husband to lead. Like, I kind of wish he would, you know, but he won't lead. What do I do? And then as you observe, you're like, well, he doesn't really get a chance to lead. <laughs> you know, right. you're yeah. kind of yeah. making all the rules mm-hmm. around there. Right. And, yeah. but, but I do think that God created that tension within us, right? That we, mm-hmm. we need the Holy Spirit to help us with, right? Because it, like it says in Genesis, like she will want to control her husband. I don't know yeah. yes. the verses is, is worded a little bit differently than that, but that's essentially what it's saying. Yeah. You yeah, have it, it says, yeah. Well, it's Genesis three, uh, 16 or 15. And it says, you know, this is the consequence for eating the fruit. Um, I heard one commentator say, say, Oh, you want to take control. Then God says, you're going to be controlling. It's a one-to-one response Mm. to what Eve did. And so in response, um, God says, you know, first the the thing about childbearing, you know, you're going to pain. We all know that has come true. And then the second part, yeah, exactly. (laughs) The second part is, um, your desire will be for your husband is how a lot of translations put it. And, it's this desire for control. That's what that, that's what that means. The parallel language in Genesis three, um, Genesis four is Cain and sin is crouching at the door. And God says it's desires for you. It wants to, it's crouching like a tiger behind the door and it wants Mm -hmm. to pounce. It wants to overtake you. It wants control. And so that's the picture of the woman. Now you're Mm going to be like crouching behind the door, trying to pounce on, you know, whoever you want to take control of and get control. And it's not a pretty picture. Right. Mm. And so when we march in the streets and grapple for control in our, whether it's in our kitchen or in our workplace or wherever it is, when we're vying for control, it's not turning us into someone lovely. It's really holding us back from who, who we actually want to be. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app.
but we're really good at doing it subtly. Aren't we? That, yeah. That's, I think the difference between a controlling woman and a controlling man, you know, mm, I mean, that's true. Picture, picture the pouncing animal. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. there's, there's some, there's, it's not over like a man is like the bear walking in the room. Like he, he controls in a very overt, um, do- domineering way. Usually, I mean, we're used, mm-hmm. we're talking generalities here. There are women who come in like a bear too, but a, a woman is a little more sneaky and manipulative yeah. and the undertones of like, I mean, I can control my husband with just like, you know, uh-huh. that's yeah. all I have to do or yeah. a look in my eye. I mean, it's these subtle right. little, like the, all those little <laughs> that we make those are my control girl like yeah. moves so that is that's so true that is so true and you know I'm thinking about some of the very subtle ways that I have controlled in the past and there's lots of not subtle ways I've controlled too I'm sure but one example and I shared this on another I was on someone else's show and they were talking about marriage. And I was like, yeah, I suddenly remembered this time when my husband and I had to go to this, it was a squat. He was in the military and it was a big family event for his squadron. So I was going to be meeting all these work people. It was a big deal. So, you know, it's took me like a month, Shannon, to get ready for this thing. You know, I had to, you know, I had, had, and it was like the beginning of spring or something. So like, I had to have like self tanner just right. And, you know, and I got my hair done and figured out what I was going to wear like a month ahead of time. And we're getting ready to walk out the door and he had his uniform on. So we had to come home and change before he went. And he grabbed the rattiest fraternity t-shirt. And at this point we had been out of college for, I don't know, 15, 17 (laughs) years. Okay. So when I say ratty, I mean ratty. Um, and he put it on and I was like, uh, no, (laughs) you are not leaving the house with that on. Like you're not going anywhere with me wearing that, like wear a nicer shirt. And I mean, and now to be fair, there are some dynamics in our marriage where like he gives me opportunity to speak into those things. Like which shirt do you like better? Like sure, you just pick yeah. something out uh-huh. for me, like that kind of thing. Yeah. But at that moment in time, it was very much about me. Mm-hmm. How you look is going to affect what people think of me or at least so I thought. I don't actually mm-hmm. think that's true anymore. But uh, this controlling you know, lion, bear, whatever animal yeah, you want to yeah. choose, this controlling beast came out of me and was just, mm-hmm. you know, aggravated, infuriated that something was going to get in the way of me being perceived in the way I wanted to be perceived. Right. And I think there's lots of ways we do this. Can you, can you talk about some of the ways we control? Well, I just t- so relate to that story because yeah, c- we want to control our appearance because we want to control perceptions. Mm. Right. And so an appearance is so superficial, isn't it? Um, but it is the way that we present ourselves to the world. And I think that's really interesting that you're going to his event mm. and yet you're still so invested right. with how he looks for his squadron thing, you know? Right. And, um, and I mean, I feel the same way we have an ongoing conversation right now about how my husband should dress for work since because he lit, uh, works from home now and usually has his camera off. I also have a problem with that. <laughs> and I would like to control all of that. But um, I'm remembering a time that we were going to visit our, our daughter at college and we're going to have lunch with her um, and meet a couple of her friends. And he 
uh, pulled out a sweatshirt from his suitcase to wear. It was like her college's sweatshirt. So he thought mm-hmm. co- completely appropriate. Made sense like, to him. Oh, babe, like, like, look at me, like match me. Like I've got <laughs> on a nice outfit. I'm not wearing a sweatshirt. Like, come on, dress up a little bit. And he was like, well, this is all I brought. I'm like, what? This is all you brought. And I, like you were saying, Heather, I just turned into this like monster, like the words that I use and the tone and the, the, I mean, I just, the way I dressed him down, like I was condescending and rude and, um, angry and we got in the car and I mean, I could not let it go. And so then I said, just pull into Marshall's. I see a Marshall's just pull into that. And he goes, we're going to be late. I'm like, I don't care. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to buy you a sweater and you're going to put it on and you're going to wear it happily, you know? (laughs) And, and he said, no, we're going to be late. We're going, I'm wearing this sweatshirt. So I had this, I mean, I was already down the wrong path, but now I really had a choice to make, you know, because now we've, you know, tiptoed into the whole submission thing. Right? Uh, and so, um, or not tiptoed, maybe stomped. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so I just remember sitting in that car and this is after I had written the book on control, you know, <laughs> of course, I'm right? just like, Oh my word. It is so hard to let go of, of control, especially when it has to do with appearances. So, I mean, it was only like a five minute drive from our hotel. And I said, you know what, you go on ahead you go on ahead. I got to sit here and simmer down a second, you know? Mm -hmm. So I watch him get out of the car and go over and give our, our baby girl a big old hug. And he's meeting her friends and I am seething in the car. Mm -hmm. And I'm, and I'm like, God, look at me, look at me here. I am. This is, is this who I want to be alone Mm -hmm. seething in a car Mm -hmm. when we have just driven across the country to see our daughter and spend time with her And you know what? She could not care less what her dad was wearing. You know, that was, that had nothing to do with anybody else except for me and my perceived idea of how he should look for this appointed moment. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. I don't even remember who we met that day. I don't remember. Like, I do remember thinking, well, my daughter didn't dress up either. I'm the only one here who is dressed (laughs) up. (laughs) The irony. It's just, but, but back to the whole, like, what is, what is the connection? Well, the connection is we want to control our appearances because we want to control perceptions. Um, and we want to not only control our appearances, but the appearance of those around us. Um, and ultimately I think what we're trying to do is we're trying to control the outcomes, right? Right. We're trying to control because we have this happy um, ending in our heads of how it's all supposed to go and how it's all supposed to turn out. Like, you know, with my daughter, it was, it was more than just this one lunch meeting. It was like, she was a freshman and I had ideas for what I wanted her year to go like and how her friendships to turn out and how, and I had memories of how it was when I was a freshman in college and, you know, just like, I remember my roommate's parents. I don't remember my parents taking, I'm sure they did, but I remember my roommate's parents taking us out and just being impressed with her parents and, um, and thinking so highly of her. And like, I just was reading so much and and it it had all, I was so much further down the road than this one lunch meeting. I mean, I had my daughter's future all planned out for her. She had not consulted me with (laughs) with those plans, but you know, I mean, it's just our ideas for a moment that we're trying to control. They're often linked to something so much bigger. And, um, and really, I think you often talk about idolatry, 
like putting these other things in the place of God right. trying to be our own God or trying to serve other people as if they are our God. Both those right. are the, those are our pitfalls. Well, and just thinking about your story, like the weight of your daughter's whole future was <laughs> riding on your husband's shirt choice, right? Sweatshirt. Like, yeah. I mean, like it's, 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 it's funny to like cash it out like that, but I think we do that all the time. I mean, one of my most popular blog posts is called, I think you called it confession of a control freak. And that was literally one of my first posts like a decade ago, where I tell the story of my wedding, the limo driver didn't show up on time. And I mean, I was bridezilla standing there in my <laughs> wedding dress on my cell phone. Like, I can't believe you ruined my wedding day. But I'm not get- I mean, like, I am so not that person anymore, oh, but yeah. I was, oh, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and, but because, but I think like you, right. Like this is ruining my day and the way I wanted to look and all these ideals of how everything was supposed to come together just perfectly. And now you have spoiled it all. And, you know, it just, it, it didn't spoil it all. <laughs> right. You know, and, and, and yeah, like you're seeing though, all this weight placed on a limo driver. Um, I have another story of getting ready for a date back when I was, um, in my early twenties and I was getting ready and we didn't have air conditioning in my parents' house. And it was this hot, sticky day. And I was trying to get my hair look to look right, um, for a date. And my, I had this hairpin, um, on the counter and my sister, while I'm getting ready, she came in and grabbed it. And I attacked her like a ferocious beast. (laughs) I I like wrestled it out. I mean, we were like, and we didn't fight like that, but I was just, I mean, this was life or death. I had to have that hairpin. Uh It all, I pinned it all on the pin, you know, like it was so important because if my hair wasn't right, like that was my last ditch effort. If I couldn't get my hair right, I was going to pin it up. And if I couldn't get my hair right, this date wasn't going to go right. And then my whole life wasn't going to go right, you know? (laughs) And it it was all hinging on how my hair looked for the day. And man, don't we just put a lot of pressure on things that we're trying to control, but I think there's a lesson because they're ultimately not in our control. Are they? Hey, Hey there, friend. Have you read The Burden of Better yet? The Burden of Better is my book that's all about comparison, but really it's about how to let go of all of the ideals you have driving the way you think you should look, the way you think your family should be, the way you think your home should be, all the things. If you are looking for someone to take the pressure off and show you a new way to live, in Christ, a life filled with grace and not comparison, then you want to read The Burden of Better. So snag a copy today, Amazon, ChristianBook.com, Walmart.com, wherever you get your Christian books, grab a copy or download the Kindle copy. And guess what? At the end of this month and at the end of March and at the end of April, we're going to go through the book together. So grab a copy today so you'll be ready for our little virtual podcast book club. Friends, I think this book can change your life. I know so many of you have read Compared to Who, and I'm grateful for that. And it blesses me so much to hear how Compared to Who has worked in your life. But friends, let me tell you the burden of better 
will touch you maybe even more than compared to who did. So check it out today. You know, you use the word right and that got the wheels turning. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, because isn't it fascinating that we choose right, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so in your mind, if you didn't have the right pin for, you know, the right hairstyle, then, you know, Mm -hmm. you would have the wrong life. (laughs) Right. But it's so funny how we choose I think that that goes right along with our controlling tendencies, right? We decide what's right. And so these things, these little things are so important to me along the way, what my husband, what shirt my husband wears, whether my children like behave in the grocery store. I mean, how we react in public places when our kids Mm -hmm. don't act the way we want them to do or look the way we want them to look. I mean, (laughs) Afraid. Yeah. I'm so guilty of my children coming downstairs and me being like, not wearing that to church. <laughs> Your dad's a pastor. Totally. Come on. You can't wear that. Yeah, to church. Exactly. But mom, all the other kids. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> well, and, and look at how that ties back to the story of the garden. Right. Like the, the tree that she ate from was the tree of the knowledge of good and not good, you know, mm-hmm. good and evil. Like she's going to decide what's good for her right. and what's not good for her. And she's also going to take that fruit and put it in the hands of whoever, you know, the husband beside her or then the children and then all the rest of the people like we're really trying when we when Eve took that fruit she was taking control and and she wanted to be her own god she didn't want to be surrendered to like god set up that garden so that they would know he is god and they are not right right he is in authority and she is surrendered to him and she's like no i want to be like god i want to decide for myself what's good and what's evil and that's what we're doing when mm-hmm. we are marching around, ordering our family um, over all of these little inconsequential things. Like we're kind of playing God, aren't we? Absolutely. We're Absolutely. saying, I know what's good for you and I know it's bad for you. And I am here on the throne of your life. And nobody who sets out to play God does a very good job of it. No, we no. all fail miserably, no. whether we're trying to be God. Like there's again, those two ways that we do it. It's like, we're either trying to play God, be God, or we're trying to serve somebody like public opinion as if they are our God, you know? And, um, and so we're trying to, uh, you know, we're trying to be God over our family and order how they look so that we can serve public opinion that we're, you know, here we are perfect. (laughs) Oh, we put so much weight on ourselves to look perfect (laughs) and act perfect and be perfect. And you know, get that college degree. And, you know, I, when my kids were little, Heather, I wanted to control all the little things, like what they wore and how they behave. Now I just want to control all the big things, like who (laughs) they marry and where my control problem is not going away. It's just, um, bigger things I want to control. Well, I've talked about this in the context of, and this is a painful one. I don't know if I've done it on my show. I I may have talked about it on my show once. Like this is something I talk about all the time when I'm on other people's shows, but I have the book of me and I have the Bible mm. and the book of me tells me what is expected, what is acceptable, what things should be like. Right. And then there's God's word and daily, if not hourly, I am confronted with the option of, 
oh no, like I don't weigh what the me Mm -hmm. and the book of me should weigh today. Mm -hmm. So I can be angry and obsess over all Mm -hmm. these different things, these pressures to, well, I was supposed to look like this at this age and, you know, Mm -hmm. all these things. Or I could just look at God's word and be like, oh, Jesus, like, I just picture Jesus standing there like, Heather, I'm not putting that pressure on you. (laughs) Like, that's not something I expect of you today. Like, give yourself some grace. And instead I'm like, yeah, okay, I see your word. Thanks for that. I've got my little book over here though, too. And the rules here, I I don't know, I kind of like them, (laughs) you know, and it's, it's so messed up, but we all do it. I know we do. I do it too often. I love that. (laughs) I love that book of me because it is a book of bondage, isn't it? Absolutely. When I'm deciding what's good for me and Mm -hmm. especially this idea of appearance, when I'm deciding what's good for me to look like, right? Oh my goodness. I am such a taskmaster master to myself. There's no freedom in the book of me. And especially, I don't know, have we talked about aging yet? You know, no, we were, you and I were both <laughs> uh, sharing our ages. So <laughs> yeah. you're about two years behind me and I turned 50 this year. I tell you, it is, um, it's a challenge, right? Because aging is all about giving up control, right? Uh, you know, I had so much more control as a 20 something when I could go on a diet and easily lose 10 pounds. Well, now that I'm 50, I can go on a diet and gain 10 pounds. Right, right. (laughs) It is, it's a lot of surrendering control. And um, it's in, you know, again, tied back to the garden, like we gave up Eden, we gave up the perfection of living in perfect bodies forever. Um, And so how are we going to deal with living out in the wild in the (laughs) wilderness? Are we going to try and patch it up and make it, you know, put more makeup on and do the diet? Or are we just going to long for Eden, like long for what God has in store for those of us who are surrendering our lives back to what God intended in the garden, you know, saying you are God and I am not, and I serve you and I'm surrendering my, even my physical body to you. Yeah. It's well, I, I talk about it like a martyrdom, right? Mm. Like most of us are never going to be asked to be hopefully yeah. prayerfully, yeah. who right. knows our culture yeah. has gone crazy, but mm-hmm. most of us will never be martyred for our faith here in the United States. And I've got listeners all over the world. So it may be a completely different situation depending on where Absolutely. you are and yeah. our prayers are with you. If that's a situation you're in, but here in the U S of a, we're fairly protected at least right now. Mm-hmm. But what would it look like for me to just say, God, I'm okay with you making my body be however you think it should be to serve Mm -hmm. you. And that's not like a surrender of, well, now I can sit on the couch and eat Cheetos all day because I've marked, that's not what it's about at all. But it's, I think it's about surrendering these ideals, which are idols, right. That keep us stuck on that track of control. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I kind of heard in what you were saying was, um, the weight of it, right? Mm -hmm. That weight we carry, like, what would it look like? And I'd love for you to flesh this out a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Like, what does it look like that, that desire is always going to rise up in us, right? Like that, like, no must control situation. (laughs) Um, you know, like that's, that's going to be there. Right. And, and I don't think it's a loss when it comes up, right? Like that's, that's what's, that's a natural response. That's our fleshly response. Yes. But what do we do? What, what would it be like to see it and say, oh God, that's my brokenness. Help me with that. Like, how do, how do we work through that? Can you give us some help in navigating 
you know, not, not doing what you and I have done and, yeah. and turning into the yeah. control beast. Mm-hmm. No, I, I would love to, I, I heard you say it's like this warning sign, like must take control, must take control, like beep, 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 something, something is right, off. right. Filter here, must take control. And that, that is the, you know, the consequence that we're living under, we're living in this fallen world. And so, yeah, none of us are going to outlive the day that we want to take control, at least not on this, in this life. Right. right? So what do we do when that little siren goes off? Must take control. (laughs) How can we respond? And I think what you said is so key. It's remembering that this is control is a burden. We are carrying around this burden on our shoulders. Like this book of me where I decide what's right and what's good for me. Like it's a burden. And can I please just lay it down? Mm -hmm. And those of us who have surrendered our lives to God and said, you are God and I am not. What we've said is I'm taking that burden off my shoulders and I'm going to let you decide what's right and what's good for me. And I think there are two ways that we respond and surrender to God. And one of the ways is just surrendering the things that we cannot control. You know, and there's just so much in life that we cannot control. I mean, think about the, the pan, I'm sorry, the cancer patient Mm -hmm. who's losing her hair, like there's, we gotta, we gotta surrender those sorts of things or, um, you know, walking into some event and your husband is not wearing what (laughs) you wanted him to wear. I mean, something very significant or something insignificant. Those are, those are ways that when we surrender to God and say, I am not in control of this. And I, and I refuse to play God. I'm going to surrender this, both this moment I'm living and the outcomes that it will bring. I'm surrendering control to God, the things that I cannot control. But I think another way that we surrender to God is, um, in responding to the things that, that are in our control. Right. And so how I spend my time and how I arrange my life and my days, like those are in my control. You know, really, if we, if we had to segment it out, if we, if there's a big thick line down the universe and on one side of the line is this is what I can control on the other, this is what I cannot control. Well, really the only thing that goes on the side that I can control is me. Mm -hmm. I can control my attitudes, my reactions and responses, my choices. And self-control is a fruit of the spirit. Mm. So surrendering to God involves having control over me. Mm. Right. And so just kind of segmenting those out, because I think a lot of times we get them confused and, and I say control girls want to do exactly the opposite of those. We want to take control of all the things on the one side of the line that are not ours to control, but then we want to fling self-control out the window, whether it be in our anger, like pouncing on the man over what he's wearing or, um, in our fretting or our anxiety over, Oh my goodness, I'm gaining weight. I'm, you know, 50 and I'm gaining weight. What is it? What am I going to look like at 60? Right? (laughs) Like the anxiety over that. So there's a difference between, um, counting every penny, counting every calorie and counting every second of our lives. Like that's me trying to control the outcomes right? versus no, I'm going to live in check. I'm going to get some good sleep tonight. I'm going to wake up in the morning and I'm going to make a wise choice for breakfast. And I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to waste time on social media. There, those are two separate scenarios, right? right? And the one is like, God, I am surrendering control to you. 
the one where I'm counting every calorie and I can't even, I can never have an Oreo. Um, that one is no, I am God and I am deciding what is good and right. Yeah. Or the food is in control. I mean, for, for a lot yeah. of my coaching clients, the scale is in control, right? What the mm-hmm. scale says about me is true. It doesn't. So I hear what God says about me, but what the scale says about me is true. And, you know, and the food owns me, the scale owns me, the plan owns me, that sort of thing. So yeah. Those whereas, yeah whereas self-control led by the spirit brings freedom, right? right? right. If I am day by day saying not my will, but yours be done, Lord, there's such freedom in walking by the spirit, but then also giving God control of the outcomes and how it's all going to turn out. Because like you mentioned, we are not going to live forever here on this earth. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God, right? That Especially he yeah. <laughs> that he put that angel guarding the tree of life. I mean, can you imagine if we could live forever in these bodies that are decaying? That, I'm, yeah. I'm so glad that he that he saved us from eternal life on earth. Right. right. I was, I was reading about Sarah the other day and I was like, boy, being pregnant at 90, like I oh, really can't yeah. imagine anything worse no. than that. <laughs> yeah. That would, be, that would well, be awful. You had one quote that I just, you know, we need to kind of wrap things up here, but yeah. I just remiss, yeah. be remiss if I did not mention this because I just thought it was genius and it's going to hit someone the way it hit me. And it was control women produce some of the godliest looking families. And I read that it was like, Ouch. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it is so much about what other people see that we want them to think these things of us. And so therefore we portray this image and that's so connected to our control. I don't, any other thoughts to fill that out there? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I wrote that in the chapter you mentioned Sarah. So mm-hmm. in the chapter, I studied these seven controlling women in the Bible. And so Sarah's son is Isaac and he represents what only God can do. But Sarah had this other son, Ishmael, and he represented what she could do. Right. And so these two sons are growing up together. And then there's this point where the older, you know, the, the slave woman's son is teasing her baby, Isaac. Mm-hmm. And Sarah is like, get out. It, cause, cause all of a sudden she's realizing, oh my word, this is not going away. This problem of Ishmael, like mocking and teasing and, and, um, overshadowing her son, the son of promise, like this isn't going away. And what I think Sarah's realizing at this point is when she tried to take control and, and produce a son on her own without God, she was really inviting slavery into her home. And so Galatians talks about these two sons, Ishmael and Isaac and, um, Ishmael represents, this is what I can produce without God. Mm. And so I can produce this family that looks like a godly family. I can do Mm. that on my own without God, Mm. but what I'm producing a lot of times is slavery. And so we Mm. have all these statistics about kids leaving home and leaving the church Mm -hmm. at the same time. Um, and I wonder if it's because we've got controlling moms who are trying to produce the appearance right. of godliness. But here's what I learn, have learned both in my own life and in studying the life of Sarah, only God can produce a real son of God, a real daughter mm-hmm. of God. That is only his work. We can't, as moms, we cannot produce that. Yeah. Um, we can't produce it in our husbands. We can't produce it in our kids. We can't produce it in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Only God can take a 90 year old woman and produce life in her womb. <laughs> <laughs> and only God 
can take one of our sinful children and produce a child of God. And so like, we got to figure out, um, as moms, like we're, we're not off the hook. Like we don't have any, any work to do (laughs) with raising our kids, you know, in a godly way, but, but just segmenting out, like I do my part, Mm -hmm. like what, what can I control? Well, I can be a godly mom who prays for my kids and teaches them about God. But over on the other side of that line, what I cannot control is whether my child chooses God and whether my child walks with God. Uh, and, and here's what I know about that season. If we have a listener who's, you know, got a son or a daughter who's walked away from God, here's what I want you to hear. God wants to be the God of that child. God doesn't want you standing in for him. God wants to be, God wants to produce life in that child in a way that has nothing to do with you. And so you can trust him. He is Mm -hmm. so powerful. And he, if he could breathe life into Sarah's womb, right. Uh, that bring life, um, out of a, an old woman's womb, and he can surely bring life into the child of who's rebelling and walking away from God. We can trust him with that. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a good word. And I'm thinking that it connects also to the research we see about controlling moms and eating disorders, right? And, and just, this just kind of an aside here, but the same freedom you need to have to let God have your child (laughs) and let, you know, God pursue them and them have their own relationship with God you've got to let go and let kids have their own relationship with food, because That's if true. you over control it in your home, I promise you yes. there is trouble ahead. And I did some incredible interviews this fall, one with Dr. Stephanie Reinhold about candy, which was mind blowing, but the data will show you things that you probably don't want to know, especially if your kids have already left home. So there's grace for all of us in the mistakes we've made, but, but the data is astounding moms. It's like, don't give your body body image issues to your kids by controlling their food. Mm -hmm. So anyway, but I I love all that, Shannon. It's been super helpful. I could probably talk to you for another hour or two, but tell everyone where they can connect with your website, connect with you, and then listen to your show. Absolutely. Can I, can I share just one more little snippet before I do that? Absolutely. Um, When my daughter was in middle school, I had a bunch of her friends and their moms over and we had Aaron Davis who wrote Uh a book called graffiti. Do you know, Aaron? Yeah, she, she wrote it. So if there's a mom with a middle schooler, I highly recommend that book graffiti. Cause it's, um, I think it's called learning to see the art in ourselves, something like that. But, um, but so she met with these moms and these kids and we talked about body issue. We talked about true beauty and Aaron talked about exactly what you're saying, that her mom was always on a diet and always worried about, you know, how she looked and Aaron adopted that. And, you know, just the bondage that it brought in her life. And I remember several moms leaving that evening and saying, you know, I came here for my daughter. I thought this would be a fun night. We, I think we did makeovers with our girls Uh and stuff, but they said what she said, I know she was talking to the girls, but she was talking right to me. Mm -hmm. She was talking to me as a mom, like surrendering control for myself. It's not only good for me, it's good for my girl. Mm -hmm. So, I, I mean, as moms, we've got to do some hard work. We've, we've had our, our battle laid out for us from Genesis three in the garden. Like we have an uphill climb, but at the top of the mountain is surrender 
to God. And there's so much peace and so much joy and security and hope that comes from laying down this burden and doing the hard work of saying you are God and I am not. And at the end of the the climb, guess what we get? We get Eden. (laughs) We get, (laughs) we get perfection. We get to go to heaven and live forever with God where ultimately everything will be under his control and all will be good and all will be right. So I would love to connect though with your, your listeners and you can find me at controlgirl.com. Okay. Um, yeah. Or shannonpopkin.com, either one of those. Um, and I like to hang out on Instagram and Facebook and a little bit on Pinterest, but yeah, I'd love to connect, um, with listeners. And I also have a whole bunch of control girl freebies that you can find at controlgirl.com. It should pop up when you come visit there. And what's your new show, Shannon? Live like it's true. Yep. We've been talking about the fact that God is in control. So what does it look like to live as though we truly believe that God is in control? Awesome. Awesome. Shannon, thanks so much for being with us today. Oh, it was a joy. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. And thank you for watching or listening today. I hope something in today's episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. Thanks for listening on the Edify podcast app. But please remember, don't forget (laughs) to check out all the other great podcasts on the app to build your faith and encourage you. You can find the Edify app on Google Play or in your Apple podcast app. Oh, hey there. Before you go, if something from today's show blessed you, may I ask a huge favor? Leave a review on your favorite platform. Seeing your five-star reviews is a huge encouragement to me. Not sure how to do it? You can go to compare to who.me slash podcast, scroll to the bottom, and you'll find all the information. And while you're at compare to who.me, check out some of the more than 500 articles on there about body image, comparison, all the things you're thinking about. Plus, you can take the free body image quiz. You can find out more about my books, or you can grab a time for a free 10-minute call to see if coaching is right for you. I'm so honored to be a part of your journey out of body image and comparison frustration. And I can't wait to hear how God is working to set you free. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah. It's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the start here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. Jesus wants our fears to launch us toward faith. Then he grins and says, do you trust me? Because together we can do this. With Mornings with Jesus, you can start your day in a positive way. Find hope through inspirational stories and scripture. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Mornings with Jesus. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.